1: there is a value to having values, and to not just talking about a mission statement, but taking these values and speaking about them every day and making sure people understand them and not deviating from them.
0: This is a key thought from today's guest mentor, Kate Grangard, who's Chief Financial and Operating Officer at Gearing Group. And on today's episode, we both go on to deconstruct together Why there's value in having values within our organisations and within finance. The four values that Kate actually lives by in her team and in her work. And three really great bits of advice on how to get over ourselves and help ourselves make more of an influence and impact within our organisations. Now, this is the second part of a conversation I had with Kate, the first part we aired last week. And, uh, you know, I think that's just the inner Irishness in both of us coming out We can chat forever, but I do hope you enjoyed the conversation. And if you did, please remember to subscribe, comment and let your friends and colleagues know about it. We're on all the major platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube and Spotify. And we really appreciate you investing your time with us today. So without further ado, over to Kate and the show. I completely agree and I suppose being in finance we get um, a great visibility and a, and also an opportunity to bring people to, to to the table together. I'm just wondering with your enhanced responsibilities for you know to as chief operating officer as well as sort of chief finance officer are you like the now sort of the chief value officer by bringing these people to the table and and having these conversations and, and finding the connections so people understand. What what's going on? What what it is that people have from a challenge perspective? What they what they want to achieve and and help enable it that way. You know, we're always thinking about value, right? We're we're
1: we're finance people at the end of the day, and we're always thinking about value. We think of the cost of things, and we think about the value of our organizations, whether we're publicly traded or we're privately held. We're always thinking about how does this impact the value. We can't help that. You know, part of my journey has been embracing. And I think I've said before, my authentic self, like embracing that the best way for me to be a leader in an organization is to put myself out there and to be humble. And I find that, you know, the best thing for my organization is low turnover in the type of industry we have. We have a very long ramp up in order to learn. And, and um, let's face it, you know, it's not like unemployment is very high right now, right? It's very low and it's very hard to find great talent. I don't know if I've become the, the chief value officer. I would say that I've been very fortunate to keep key people who I've committed myself to and our organization has committed themselves to grow in their roles. I have people who have been here. We're a 27-year-old company. People have been here 25 years. I have over 20 people who have been here over 10 years. It's pretty big because 10 years ago, I only had 11 people. So, so when you keep it in perspective, there is a value to having values, and to not just talking about a mission statement, but taking these values and speaking about them every day, and making sure people understand them and not deviating from them. Right? If I hire a brilliant jerk, that person is going to be. If, if we were to hire somebody, they would be basically squeezed out ever anyway, right? Because in an organization that's very accepting of everyone, it's sort of like, hey, if you're good enough to get hired, but if you come in and, and you're not humble, you know, we have a, a key to our success that says check your ego at the door. And and if you don't do that and you're not humble, then you're gonna find that you just don't gel and you don't fit. It's not because people won't try; they'll try multiple times, but eventually uh, they'll start. They won't have trust in you, and if people don't trust in you, they don't give you work. Right? They don't give you work.
0: We we completely understand that in finance, and I'm like actually, I love what you are saying. There's there's value in having values. There is uh, value in having, which value. is looking well beyond their numbers. Yeah, that's a great great saying to have, Cajun. By picking up about writing maybe maybe summarizing some of the values that you and the team have are being humble, collaboration, authenticity. I think I was probably picking them up along the way. Would there be any other useful values um worth serving? Oh
1: boy. We've got a bunch on our walls that we actually live, but I've got a bunch personally that, that I I live too. One of the things that has helped me through through my career, especially in my later years uh, I'm sure many of the people on, on the phone or in this, listening to this podcast are exactly like me. Finance people, we, t- we tend to borrow trouble. And I'm sure you know what I mean by that. <laughs> we worry about everything, right? We stay awake all night long worrying about things. And how many of those, if we took it and we said, oh my gosh, those things came true. I bet you'd slept less than five. Right. So my mom used to always say, Kathleen, don't borrow trouble. And I, I think she was a hundred percent right. I've I've talked to my team about that as well. And I think it's helped them to be able to have a better balance, um, to be able to know that, listen, people are gonna make mistakes. Uh, I think that's another thing that we always are, we fear. I, I've made career mistakes, right? I, I made career mistakes by not taking these tests early in my life and figuring out what I'd be better at. So, so we're all gonna make mistakes. Right? it's not making the mistake. It's how we react to the mistake. It's how we reposition the mistake. And and even with people, how do we handle it with them? There's expensive mistakes, of course. We don't want it to happen twice. We do everything we can to make sure that doesn't happen. But I don't, you know, if you have the right people and they make a mistake, it wasn't purposeful. It was it was done unintentional. So we we also have a bunch of that blame. So, so actually that's one of my other favorites is, is practice blameless problem solving. It doesn't help us when we sit there and expound on the problem. We do have a five-step process that we go through on vetting our problems, on making sure that we vet it thoroughly, that we accept our role and our responsibility and that we come to uh, agreed upon conclusion on how to go forward to to make sure things don't happen again and we use that for problem solving or in in the event of of when we have an error but at the same time there if you have finger pointing or you just can't let go of it well how did that help us how did that help us as, as business leaders how did that help us with the development of our people it didn't If anything, we probably hurt their self esteem. They're not going to sleep over it for a long period of time, and they're not going to be productive for the next week because they're just, and then when their next review comes up, that's all they're going to think about. Which I'm not a believer in reviews either. So that's just a whole nother.
0: So, so okay, look, I really appreciate the the great advice, and actually, I love some of the sayings in there. So, but, uh, you know, think, think it to yourself. I mean, you know, what's been the best bit of advice you've ever received? Probably
1: the best bit of advice I ever received was two things. You don't get what you don't ask for. Okay. But I think we have to remember that it's evolution, not revolution. And we have to be careful about how we ask for things and the expectation that things are going to immediately change. Uh,
0: You know. And I'm wondering on that one, Kate, that's a big thing nowadays, the expectation that things happen fairly immediately or uh, that that's a convenience culture that we have uh, and obviously facilitated by technology sounds like you've got a story in there in terms of behind that advice well,
1: i find that i'm speaking it all the time i'm speaking that it's evolution not revolution all the time i'm i'm utilizing it with my team members my intergenerational i heard a wonderful speaker along the way who would would use that phrase and i said boy you know I'm going to take that back and I'm going to use that all the time. And, and I do. I use it all the time. I use it here in the workplace because, you know, people get frustrated and they want things to be fixed right away. And different people adapt at different times, right, to change. And as an organization, the bigger the ship, the harder it is to steer, you know, to reposition it or to move it. So we've, we've, got to, we've got to figure out a long-term plan and then we need to have steps and then we need to celebrate those steps along the way so that we see, you know, it is happening. But in, when people see that, when people, sometimes people want revolution, they think, but they really don't. They just want to be heard and then they want to know, how are you going to work towards changing? And I find people really patient when you do. And from a millennial and young people standpoint, we do talk about that sometimes. We talk about that evolution, being part of it. Every time you're rolling out technology, it's evolution, right? You're not going to go and go to the web with everything tomorrow. That's going to be a process. And you've got to have a great education and training going with that. And uh, sometimes I reach to your clients to let them know that you have some you know, changes going on in technology. It's going to take you a couple of years if you do it right. But when you do it right, it was, the reward is well worth it. So it comes with people, it comes with process. It definitely results in progress, and I think you should celebrate the steps and the milestones along the way of the evolution, so that people don't feel that they have to have that revolution.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just try to think. Uh, yeah, evolution seems a much more palatable um, outcome than, uh, than than revolution, which seems to be quite painful with civil wars and, and all nastiness associated with them. Uh, it's like a like a more um abrupt adjustment. absolutely. but uh, they can go on for a long time as well if we don't do it right. So so, I love your expression, evolution versus yes. revolution. That's great of us. And I think
1: the other thing I heard that really really set me free was uh, when I was finally informed being a finance person that I didn't always have to be the bad guy. it It really was liberating because what what I realized was I had this natural protectionism of the information I knew of the Ownership of organizations, of the investors, and people often play good guy, bad guy. And we're in that, I was blamed for everything I didn't even know about, right? So, <laughs> uh, and, and, um, and people people listening to this are going, yep, 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 because we're all blamed all the time for things. And um, I realized that if I could change my relationship with people in the organization, that I didn't have to be the bad guy at least within my team and within the organization, I instead could be the inspiring person and still get my message across by building relationships, by building trust, by communicating with people, by having honesty with people, by sharing that vision with people of what was coming so that they weren't on tiptoe all the time, worried about the secrecy of the c suite
0: yeah, actually, funny enough, this it comes back to the basic principles of um, of of finance and controllership because you know I think I think something is definitely adopted in Europe was um, I know I can relate to what you're saying, Kate. Starting out, it's very much about safeguarding assets and protecting the business, but essentially something got lost there because um, you know some some people were more enlightened that controllership's really about uh, keeping up to date on what's going on across the company, having those relationships. Um, helping people find areas of opportunity it's not all it's all about not all about protecting and safeguarding so that I think that's very useful advice for our, yeah. for our audience to, to bear heed to and, um, and it then definitely opens up much more meaningful conversations and much less mundane and I, th- I think it's probably more of a sustainable way to look at finance particularly with the digital uh, rev- <laughs> revolution or evolution depends on where you want to look at it yeah, happening so um so that's a, okay really really great point and, and, and i suppose um in terms of any resources you might have found useful that, that you could perhaps share with the audience maybe any books or items you've read that that you could perhaps suggest the audience go uh, check out
1: yes well actually my my favorite book still remains probably the book that everybody has already read which is good to great Um, When you're in entrepreneurial companies, that is actually a great book, but we do try to roll out a book every year Uh, for our technology company. We rolled out this book, Accelerate, last year. It was absolutely fantastic, and some of those principles have also flowed into our other business as well. It, It actually talks about the need to be responsive and to release information more quickly when you're developing a software. And you go, oh, how does that relate? Well, it totally relates on the other side because it's challenged us to get more efficiencies across the board. Um, we're actually doing a year of efficiency in our organization right now. We roll out books in our organization all the time every year. We roll out a book. Uh, we rolled out great teams. That was awesome book. Awesome book. What, what we took out of that was this concept of hiring our kind of guys and gals. And sticking true to hiring people that are our kind of people—they uh, don't fit in a box. They're in a full spectrum. You know, our leadership team knows that there's more than one road to get to the destination, and that they have to learn to multi-manage people with different talents and, and different ways that they're going to approach things. But what it did mean is that that person who has the the right commitment. The right dedication. It's it's not about skill set. Most of the people walk in if they have the resume, they have the skill set, right? What's next is is the other side of the equation. Who is who is going to be that great team member that's going to challenge your other team members to be better, but in a beneficial way, in a proactive way. You know, who's going to bring some talent that you don't have, and who is as committed to what's important to your organization as you are. One of the things very important to us is we do a lot of community service. A lot of companies say, oh, I do community. No, it's a huge part of who we are. We have contests in our organization around volunteership. And if we have somebody who comes in that has never done volunteer work, that's okay. As long as we can glean from them that they have the right character inside. So our kind of people is, our kind of guys and gals is a really big deal. Uh, We just bought a, a property. We called it an OKP, our kind of property because that's how much we have aligned these things. um And, you know, the other thing is, and I don't know if there's other CPAs, finance people out there that are have that struggle I had, Andrew, maybe not. I'm always feeling like you fit the nook, you know, like I really wanted to change that audit program when I was an auditor. I was a little bit on the somewhat rebellious side. There's a great book. <laughs> and, I, and I was, and and cause I just thought I could do it more efficient and I could maybe do it different. And you know, really this, am I still doing this stuff? Why am I doing this stuff? And I was questioning wise and, and I was already thinking about the end and delivering the report because I'm really forward thinking. And, and I know there's lots of great CPAs just like me because I sat at that table with them when I did True Colors. It's okay not to be like everybody else. That's where the greatest moments come for you and your company and your people, challenging them to be different, letting them be different. Just had a client summit. We got up, you know, we got up there and did a flash mob, All right, No one expected it, but but we did it because we're not afraid to be different. In insurance, people were black and gray suits and navy suits. We weren't afraid to be different. There's another book called The Originals. It's how nonconformists move the world is by Adam Grant and that's another great book. I'm, I'm actually reading that right now and, and I'm finding it's very very stimulating.
0: There's a great reading list there so it's so okay thank, thanks for sharing sharing those insights uh, and um, that that story as well it took me back to my days as an auditor and I uh, can completely relate I was a rebel although I couldn't although I couldn't last uh, uh, see it out I had to go into industry. Um to 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 pursue my my rebellious side, but um, but I I suppose in terms of if um some of our audience wish to continue the conversation, where's the best place to connect with you?
1: Oh, I would love for them to connect with me through LinkedIn. Um, it's Kate Grangard, uh G R A N G A R D, and and I would love to connect with them and and continue to share. I would honestly tell you that evolution not revolution is a big part of my own journey, and I'm still evolving. I'm nowhere near being um, where I need to be in order to continue to grow. I've had to be very humble and, and realize what I'm, I'm not great at, but what I've also realized is what I'm great at. And that's what I would say to any CPA or CFO or accountant that wants to reach out to Chad is, um, you know, we all have our platforms, right? We all have, we, have, we, we all have things we're good at. And then we all have a platform and we all have this ability to inspire people and inspire change and inspire betterment. And just by fact that we're finance people, people trust us with information and numbers and to protect them. But we have to build that other side of trust with people, that real deep down trust. And uh, that's been the part that I had to evolve in. And if you want to reach out and chat about it, I'd, I'd be so happy to be reached through through LinkedIn or email me uh, directly um, at kate.grangard at garengroup.com, G-E-H-R-I-N-G-G-R-O-U-P.com. Um, I would really look forward to it and meeting up at any time. Uh, I think, uh, Andrew, you and I had some initial conversations and we found we could go on for hours just because... Uh, this love of sheer passion for accountants and for seeing our, our, the people, the professionals in our, in our space be able to grow into the future jobs that are out there. Uh, we have to position ourselves, we have to position our people and invest in them and we have to position our company for what's coming next. It's not about just recording what happened, it's about positioning for the future. And I think that finance people
0: are the best people to do that. I completely support that view, Kate. And look, one of the reasons for for starting this show is I fundamentally believe a lot of uh, those answers, particularly around how to appropriately position, they're all immediately solvable and accessible by our finance community already. Maybe it's just we've not asked the right questions or or linked up in the right way or whatever, but I still believe we have the ability to, to solve for this ourselves people don't need to be changing careers i mean it's a great place to go and have a meaningful career i mean where else do you get those those opportunities to have the access to decision makers access to data a great skill set to go into the details and see the broad picture and i mean and and it's a bit of a fun journey as well you know having that trust side on the the protection and and and, uh, governance of the numbers but but to real have that full trust that's when you've got to show up and and people know who you are and know your values what you're about and 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 where you can go and support the growth of of them yourself and the, and the business it's just it's just a great place to be so um i am delighted we share that same passion Aww, i know yes. we do because we've we've talked for this for ages beforehand <laughs> as well so um so i suppose look uh, in terms of wrapping up Kate really loved the uh, i suppose there's a lot of sayings in there i think one of my favorite ones was was definitely it's a, an evolution not a revolution <laughs> But I suppose for our audience, do you have any other maybe parting thoughts?
1: I think it's really important. I know I've just said it and I've said it a few times, but we have a platform as finance people. I think sometimes people go, oh, that person has a platform because they're in a high position or because they speak in the, to the public. But I actually believe that we all have this capability and this platform. We have the ability to evoke change and to inspire betterment and greatness. Every person that we are able to impact or we are able to influence to be a better version of themselves, which we can only do first by being a better version of ourselves or the best version of ourselves, we influence them and we influence every person that the hair going to influence. And it's really important that you don't say, oh, well, I only have a and I don't have a platform. It's important to embrace whatever you have, but realize that every single day, whether you realize it or not, you're impacting people. And we have, we have a choice whether to impact those people positively or not. And the same thing with our company our dedication to being progressive to looking forward to seeing what's happening to embracing change i mean it's hard for us to embrace change sometimes we're accountants it's hard but but it's changing we have to so we have to figure out how to bring in those people to be trusted allies of ours to complement us to help us to help the organization to embrace the change that it needs in order to move forward. So I, I think that's what I would say is, I had to get over myself quite candidly. I had to get over myself when I say this, is I think we all harbor a little bit of bluster in ourselves and we all harbor a little, but, but behind that bluster is some insecurity. And I had a, you know, basically in order to, we will always all have insecurities, but in order to not make those insecurities, you know, very evident or to help to make them less, forget less obvious. I'll be honest with you. I let people know, listen, you're doing something I need you to do because I'm not good at it but this is what I'm gonna to bring to you. And this, so let's work together and make this successful. So um, I think we all have insecurities and then we all have an overabundance of confidence. And at the same time, we have to figure out how to surround ourselves with a team that allows that, that takes away those insecurities because we know we have that great team around us, but also brings out the best version in ourselves and we bring out the best version in them.
0: Yeah, what a great way to wrap it up, Kate, Because I just completely agree. I think it's um, in this digital age, it's let you know as much as people go on about technology. I think it's ever more about the team and the people around us, and um, to know what right are the right people to have around us. We really need to know ourselves, be authentic to that, know our our strengths, what we need to do to be the best version of ourselves, and then where I suppose it's about complementarity and having other people around us that'll just make us. I suppose, uh, as a group, as a team to go on be uh, 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 better. And that's part of the fun of being in finance, I think. So So, Kate, uh, thanks for being such a great guest mentor and coming on the show today. Well,
1: thank you, Andrew, for having me. And uh, to any of you listening, I really look forward to connecting on LinkedIn and as well as uh, sharing any of your thoughts. And even if those thoughts, you disagree with me, I, I'd love to hear it because I, as I said, I'm always growing. I'm growing every day. Thank you, Andrew.